A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will provide for all peoples a feast of rich food and choice wines, juicy, rich food and pure, choice wines. On this mountain, he will destroy the veil that veils all peoples, the web that is woven over all nations. He will destroy death forever. The Lord God will wipe away the tears from every face. The reproach of his people he will remove from the whole earth. For the Lord has spoken. On that day it will be said, Behold our God, to whom we looked to save us. This is the Lord for whom we looked. Let us rejoice and be glad that he has saved us. For the hand of the Lord will rest on this mountain. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I shall live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. I shall live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In verdant pastures he gives me repose. Beside restful waters he leads me. He refreshes my soul. I shall live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. He guides me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk in the dark valley I fear no evil, for you are at my side with your rod and your staff that give me courage. I shall live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. You spread the table before me in the sight of my foes. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. I shall live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Only goodness and kindness follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for years to come. I shall live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians. Brothers and sisters, I know how to live in humble circumstances. I know also how to live with abundance. In every circumstance and in all things, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry of living in abundance and of being in need. 
I can do all things in him who strengthens me. Still, it was kind of you to share in my distress. My God will fully supply whatever you need in accord with his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father, glory forever and ever. Amen. The word of the Lord. Alleluia, Alleluia. May the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ enlighten the eyes of our hearts so that we may know what is the hope that belongs to our call. Alleluia, Alleluia. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus again, in reply, spoke to the chief priests and elders of the people in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. He dispatched his servants to summon the invited guests to the feast, but they refused to come. A second time he sent other servants, saying, Tell those invited, but Behold, I have prepared my banquet. My calves and fattened cattle are killed, and everything is ready. Come to the feast. Some ignored the invitation and went away, one to his farm, another to his business. The rest laid hold of his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged and sent his troops destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The feast is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy to come. Go out, therefore, into the main roads and invite to the feast whomever you find. The servants went out into the streets and gathered all they found, bad and good alike, and the hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guest, he saw a man there not dressed in a wedding garment. The king said to him, My friend, how is it that you came in here without a wedding garment? But he was reduced to silence. Then the king said to his attendants, Bind his hands and feet and cast him into the darkness outside where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Many are invited, but few are chosen. 
the gospel of the Lord. May the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ enlighten the eyes of our hearts so that we may know what is the hope that belongs to our call. The Word of God given to us today, anticipating this 28th Sunday in Ordinary Time, continues to present Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew, engaging in conversation, or shall we say with argumentation, between the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the, the lay leadership of the community, the elders of the community. And they have been, they're in the, the precinct of the, of the temple. This is the 22nd chapter of Matthew's Gospel, so we know things are coming to a climax they have issues with the way Jesus has entered the city of Jerusalem. He's come with great fanfare. He's on the donkey, on the, sto- on the foal of the, of, the, of the ass, as it is, the, 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 an animal of, 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 of meagerness, of peace as such. And the people who have, Hosanna, Hosanna. So this has caused them to come at him and trying to uh, discredit him. But Jesus being Jesus as the Son of God, the eternal Word of God, he turns their arguments, whatever they bring to him, he exposes their hypocrisy, their arrogance, their unwillingness to believe in what has been made known to them. They have the benefit of all of the law. They have been given the witness of prophets after prophet after prophet. And most recently, John the Baptist And then the fruits of the witness of John the Baptist, seeing prostitutes and tax collectors not only believing, but to the extent that they change their their lifestyles to be a part of this gospel, this reality, what Jesus was bringing in, they still refused to believe in John. And of course, they continue to reject the Lord Jesus himself. And so he says to us another parable. A parable that continues this theme of the munificence of God, the generosity, the magnanimity of God, the abundance, the generous way in which God lavishes, provides for every need, not only for his chosen, but for the entire world. The beautiful imagery of the prophet Isaiah, it gives us a beautiful segue and background as to the significance of why Jesus chooses this particular parable. A feast of the most choicest foods, rich foods, the best of drink, everything that one could desire has been established on this mountain. The veil that veils all people, what was that veil? The veil that veils all people is the fear of death. It shall be destroyed on this mountain. This is a word that should enliven the hearts and would have enlivened the hearts of the people then and it should enliven our hearts because it speaks of the providence of God, the God of heaven and earth who has established all things in such a way that as we continue and if we remain faithful to his charge, to the standards that he has laid out for us and of course the standard par excellence, his only son, 
who has divested himself of all of the grandeur of the glory of the kingdom of, of heaven so as to be presented, so as to present himself to us as one like us. He has vested himself in a human nature. But this was the significance of the movement of God's grace. The incarnation set in motion a marriage, a nuptial union between divinity and humanity. And this is why this particular parable pre presents it as it does. A king has set in motion, he has called together, he has established a wedding banquet for his son. And in those days, the custom was twofold. First, the, the announcement, the, the invitation would be announced to tell them this is going to happen. So this is why you hear two stages of, of messages going out. So it was to tell them, hey, you are invited this is coming. And then the next time was to say, it's almost ready. Everything is ready, so start making your way. Well, they accepted the invitation. But when it came time to actually acting on what they said they were going to do, they refused. Some had business to attend to. Some wanted to deal with their whatever. And then some were just totally, uh, and then, you know, you see the reaction. This is where you begin to know that this wasn't just any ordinary um, wedding banquet. This was of a supernatural nature. Because why would it be? You know, think about in our own experience. Who would not want to go to a wedding reception? One that was universal in scope, that would provide the best of everything. You know you're going to have a good time. You know you're going to eat the best of food. This is, this is like you and I receiving, even though we were of a, of a republic here and a, demo, a, democrat, a democracy, as if we were to get invited to the coronation of King of King Charles and so forth, we would, I mean, even though you know you may have reservations, we just say, well, golly, this is a big thing. I got this invitation. You, would, you and I would think about that. We would really look to go to something like that. But here it is. They have disregarded it. They finally, maybe they, their mindset is, oh, I don't, I don't need that. I, I heard about it, but I mean, not really. Come on. But some have a disdain for the opportunity. They actually put to death these messengers, beat them and, and put some of them to death. And you say, wow, what's happening here? But then look at the king's response. He goes and puts them to, and burns their, their, their homes. You think, well, what is going on here? Who acts like that? It's an invitation to a wedding. There's nothing of malice involved here. This is where we gain insight. They're invited to a relationship with the son of the king. A relationship, a relationship in which you must be willing to forego whatever it is you're vested in, whatever your worldly concerns are, that has to take second seat. This is everything. Everything that your heart has always desired is now set in motion. It has been prepared. Come to the feast. But they reject it. And this is unacceptable to the king, God the Father. So then what? The age of the Messiah is such that he now sends out the apostles. Go all over the world. Extend this invitation. My father's house must be filled. And so they do. And so the house is filled the banquet hall is filled. And probably one of the most shocking things of this parable is like the, the appendix at the end. 
the king himself comes in, the father comes in and spies someone there not properly attired in a wedding garment. And we think, well, how could he have expected everyone to be dressed in the, uh, uh, whatever that garment would have looked like then, when he, these were people who weren't not initially, they were just went out and just arbitrarily pulling in everybody. The, the, the lowlifes, so to speak, the prostitutes, the, everybody, all those who were thrown on the margins, they were all invited in. But we should be thinking in terms of baptism. When we were baptized, after the pouring of the waters of the person is immersed in the waters, they are presented with a white garment symbolizing externally that they have literally put on the person of Christ Jesus, the Lord, the one who brings the salvation to the world, the one who makes this feast available to one and all without cost. And that's the other thing. Last week, they were, re they were expected to make a return, give, the, give, the, give, the, uh, give up the spoils of the vineyard. They refused. This week, they're not being told to give up anything. They're being told to come and indulge, come and feast. So some don't feel they need salvation. Some think it's a waste of time. Why should I be bothered with that? I've got other enterprises to attend to in this, in this, in this world. I don't have time for that. That's, I got other things to do. And then there are those, as is the case with this one here, who was found without the proper adornment. What was the issue here? What does it symbolize? Because this is what it is. It's pointing to something more. It's not just what's on the surface. It's, what's, it's speaking of the disposition of the mind and the heart. They said the words of God. They prayed the prayers of God. But their hearts weren't with him. So this guy, he comes in. He's been present. He was present. But the, but the garment that one wears in this kingdom, in this banquet, is the garment that bespeaks of righteous deeds, of the deeds of charity. You remember when John the Baptist saw the Sadducees and them coming, you brood of viper, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? If you are truly repentant, if you've truly changed your mind, and if there's really a conversion, where are the fruits? Show me the fruits. So talk, words alone will be useless and worthless to procuring the kingdom. What will be required and necessary are deeds, works of charity. There must be works that confirm one's faith and acceptance of this gift of salvation offered to one and all without exception. And this is what we're being challenged with today. We have to soul search we have to ask ourselves, am I accepting the invitation? Have I accepted the invitation? Have I shown up, but have I forfeited? Have I foregone the need for the constancy of purpose and intention, living in a manner that continues to cultivate the fruits of charity, of faith and hope in my heart as well as in the relationships and in the endeavors that I have been entrusted with and called to attend to. This is the reality. 
this person who was not properly adorned was discovered. He had not followed through. Externally, he was identified as a member of the church. But on closer inspection, he was devoid of the essence of the relationship, which is love. We've all heard it said before. Talk is cheap. People can tell you and I from today to tomorrow, I love you, I love you, I love you, but where is the proof of the love? There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. This banquet, this mountain of the Lord is the Eucharist of today. This is the messianic age. It has come to us and it has been established for one and for all. But whoever, yes, all are welcome, but all are welcome not to remain as they are. All are welcome to give oneself over to this mystery, allowing the grace of God to bring about the transformation that will enable the productivity the manifestation of the fruits of charity in season and out of season. This is the lifelong endeavor that the Lord delights in working with us and realizing in us, with us, through us. Or as we say in the Eucharist, through him, with him, in him. All glory and honor is yours, almighty Father, forever and ever. The choicest of things have been produced and established. How are we participating in this feast? Are we truly given over? If there are areas that still need work, don't panic. See this as it is. The loving movement of grace, inviting, encouraging us to let go to open ourselves, let the Spirit continue the work that God alone can do. We cannot do it for ourselves. We cannot. This is where St. Paul's word is so beautiful today. I know how to live in humble circumstances. I know also how to live with abundance. In every circumstances, in every circumstance and in all things, I have learned the secret. Hey. The secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of living in abundance and of being in need. And what is the secret? I can do all things in him who strengthens me. In other words, in Christ Jesus, the Lord. God love you.